This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So, you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. question for you is have you ever thought of your voice as a superpower let me ask you that again have you ever thought of your voice as a superpower okay let me set the tone usually voice over artists are paid over $20 plus per job to a couple of hundred dollars just for an hour of work. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, radio and television announcers made an average salary of $40,510 in 2011. And actors made roughly $33.82 per hour. So, if this at all is sort of scratching your own itch or making you curious about how you can utilize your voice and turn it into a superpower and actually make meaningful money from it, then this episode is made for you. Because my guest today is a master at doing just this. Her name is Amber Rose, and she's been able to live a lifestyle and work from her laptop. But she didn't just all of a sudden born... She wasn't born with this lifestyle. She wasn't born with this awesome, amazing voice that you'll hear very soon. She had to develop. She had to find a way to create her own job. So, without further ado, please give a warm welcome to the one and only Amber Rose. Hey, Amber, how you doing? Hey, I am fantastic. How are you doing, Logan? I'm doing really, really well. Thank you for coming on Scratch Your Own Edge. Thank you for having me and letting me scratch my own itch. Are you kidding me? Like, it's uh, it's actually really an honor, so I appreciate you even thought about it. But you know what? I, for as many people that don't know you can sell your voice for a living, this is actually really cool to get to kind of disclose this side of it. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely 100% true and I just want to like go out on uh and say like you know the person I'm speaking with right now is a person that's super kind super giving takes her time out of her day to help others and uh you don't have much of a bio yet and so I really (laughs) want to sort of uh give in a little bio of yours so so scratch your own itch means uh actually solving a problem that you may have had with yourself and by doing that you learn a way to make a business out of it or you learn to solve it for other people that problem that pain point that you have so when I ask you that question and and about your bio what does that mean to you so you know what's funny is um there's a couple of thought leaders out there that talk about how entrepreneurs have a hard time fitting into the work world that's what I was experiencing I was experiencing, um, I'm a super creative and I so appreciate the kind words that, that I'm kind and I, I do work hard to give back to my community and give back to people. But I was in a place where I had to work for other people because I had not 
look to see what my options were. I didn't understand my own abilities. I didn't understand my own gifts and talents because I hadn't put in the work. I had not put in the work to understand myself. And so I was doing what any person who doesn't understand themselves uh, does. And that we work for somebody else. We work for someone else's dreams. We work for someone else's goals and on someone else's schedule. And I got to the point one day where I thought they they don't understand the fact that I want to be in my community. I cannot tell my boss today that I need to go pick up a kid from uh, from a local high school or go visit with parents today or go do a hospital visit because my boss is not going to understand that. My boss does not care about that. My boss needs me there from eight to five and Lord knows I can only sit still for two of those hours. And I needed something different. I needed a solution. I needed something that was better than what I was killing myself trying to do for somebody else. And it wasn't even things that, that really mattered in the grand scheme of things. Um, although, you know, I do want to say like, I've had some fantastic bosses in my lifetime, but understandably they didn't understand who I was and what I needed to make myself happy. Um, they needed to run a business. That's what they needed to know. That's the extent of what they felt like they needed to know about me was, did I fit into that? And I am a positive individual and outgoing, so I tried really hard to make sense to anybody who wanted to hire me. Um, but I remember I was at the TV station actually working one day, and uh, someone came back to me and they said, hey, come back into this booth and read this script and punch these buttons and save it into this folder. And I thought, you know, yeah, that's not going to sound fun. And, you know, break up my workday a little bit and kind of get away for like 30 seconds, 60 seconds. So that's about how long it took me to read the script. And, um, I was just hitting a frustration again where I could not leave the, I couldn't leave the building to go do what I wanted to go do. But for those 30, 60 seconds, I kind of felt at peace a little bit. I kind of felt like, man, you know, how awesome would this be if I could do this all the time? But I didn't really think about it because at that time I didn't tell myself there was other options. I didn't give myself permission to go find out for myself what was possible and what everybody else was telling me was possible. So after about two years of doing that, um, I ended up, uh, asking myself the question, finally, how can I do this at home? Cause I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. And that is how I started to scratch my own itch. I started to educate myself. I started to follow the people that I needed to follow who were already in the industry that I admired. And Logan, I just started scratching the hell out of that itch. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had anybody on the show. I just started scratching the hell out of that itch. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It bugged me long enough that I thought, man, I need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I really like how you're very positive about it, but it is a serious problem that so many of us have. With We do have only so much time during the day, and I... I do know for a fact that people actually spend more money in, in, on, on getting to work, on gas. And so now their pay grade is actually going down. So they're, they're spending money and more so, I think it's they're spending freedom. They're spending real freedom to have joy in their life because now they have to be tied down to paying for the car that they have because they have to get to work. When if they work from home, for example, they don't need that car anymore. They can just travel down to their basement and uh, take that car business as an expense of theirs and just uh, remove it. I mean, sure, you got to get groceries and stuff. But if you live close by in a, in a city where there's, uh, you know, just local stores or grocery stores, you can just walk there. So I think there's so many positives to knowing that you can work from home. Let's go down that path. Let's kind of pivot a little bit. And um, let's go into like what your day looks like and how you're actually booking work as a voiceover artist. Yeah, absolutely. So what does my day look like? My day looks like getting up in the morning and looking to see what scripts have come in from clients. And uh, then I jump in my booth uh, as early as I can. Of course, on one end of that, uh, on one end of that, I have to warm up my voice. Um, our, our vocal cords are muscles just like anything else. And sometimes you can't just launch into something full force until you've got a chance to stretch a little bit and wake up a little bit. 
Uh, and so a voice is uh, vocal cords are the same as any other muscle. But once I get a chance to actually get woken up and, and awake and there's, there's certain self-care things that I actually won't get into, but you know, it's true for vocalists. It's true for voiceover artists. Um, it's, it's true for anybody who's a speaker where you have like self-care rituals, you know, of water and no, no alcohol, no coffee, yada, yada, that kind of thing that kind of helps you wake up quicker. Um, but yeah, so, uh, my day starts out with getting those scripts together. Um, actually sitting down and voicing sometimes takes me anywhere from an hour to two hours to voice those. And then I edit. So I actually juggle another business that is a pet sitting business. Um, and then I take my laptop on the road with me usually. And, um, and I edit while I'm on the road at other people's houses. Or if I have no pet sitting jobs that week, then I actually just hop around to people's offices or people's homes or travel around to different cities and just work like that. Wow. Wow. I, uh, um, I thought you were going go, to uh, go on for a little bit longer talking about like the websites that you go to, the sort of um... – oh, So, okay. So there's, there's some different places that I find that I find jobs actually. Um, as far as, as far as what I, let me see here, as far as what I look for, there's two kinds of sites. There's like your pay to play if you're looking for auditions or there's your free to play. Okay. Um, now your free to play sites, that just means that you don't have to pay anything in order to have access to these auditions. Um, the other side of that are the pay to play where you're paying for leads. You're paying for those, um, those opportunities to audition for projects that are out there. So those are two, some of the ways that you can get, it's almost like cold calling to the old day version of cold calling. Um, the, probably the majority of how I get my business though is word of mouth. Someone listens to an advertisement that I did and they say, oh, Hey, you know, who did that voice for you? And that person will kick them my name, my number or whatnot, or my Facebook. And that person will get in contact with me, send me a script. They'll usually want like a demo. So I'll pass that along. Um, but that, I love word of mouth uh, only because in smaller markets, which female voices are in huge demand in smaller markets. Because think about it, like your small town just doesn't have access to a, to a female voice who is a professional. You know, a lot of your, a lot of your professionals have migrated to bigger towns or had previously because they didn't feel like they could get work in a smaller area. Obviously the tables have kind of turned on that now. Now with the remote economy, almost anything's a possibility as long as you're tenacious and patient and educate yourself and beat on your craft. But when the word of mouth isn't, you know, um, bringing in enough business for me, that's when I fall back on those free to play sites and I'll kind of look through what auditions are out there and keep my work going that way. So it's, it's like this constant stream depending on which Avenue is busy at the time. Does that make sense? Hey, Logan Tyler Nelson here. I would so appreciate it if you took some time to hit the subscribe button. I really want to just honestly live and give. Why? Because I was told when I was young that if you're feeling down, the best way to feel better is by lifting someone up again. So in an effort to make someone feel less alone, please hit the subscribe button so the podcast has a better chance of being found and making someone feel less alone. And if you're feeling down, hey, it can help you. Know that by hitting that subscribe button, you just did someone a huge favor. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Of course, of course, of course. Um, I want what what exactly what websites are those that you go to? Absolutely. So, okay, so you've got a couple examples of uh, free to play and pay to play. Um, what's funny is just so you know, anybody who's a budding voiceover artist, um, you'll see quite a bit of talk in the industry of how. Um, there's a little bit of, <laughs> it's kind of funny because, uh, especially with a specific generation of voiceover artists, there's a little bit of, um, chagrin almost for those of us in the younger generation of voiceovers that are using these, um, the, uh, previous generation of, of voiceover artists just don't, don't see a use for these pay to play or free to play sites. 
the the talk in the industry is that it's watering down the prices and the rates, um, which is a tough topic because honestly, rates are just not where they used to be due to the internet, due to the accessibility now to voiceover artists where there wasn't accessibility before. I mean, with, with voiceover artists, even 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you know, you'd have to fly an artist out to a professional studio. Now artists, now voiceover artists can build studios, professional grade in their own homes. So the, the costs just aren't built into the rates like they used to be. Um, and understandably so. So these free to play and pay to play sites, they offer a much lower rate for corporations to have access to these work at home voiceover artists. So for instance, a free to play site would be voice bunny, uh, that quite a few, especially if you're just starting out, quite a few people use that free to um, pay to play. Other side of that would be voices, one, two, three voices.com, uh, Badalgo. You've got a lot of pay to play sites out there that kind of host their own clients. They work hard to market themselves. And so for a cut of those leads that they bring to you, you can pay to have access to those leads. Now, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get any of those auditions. It's not a guarantee that you're going to land any of those jobs. And that is another source of talk in the industry is, are the pay-to-play sites worth it? Is it worth it to pay just to look at these auditions when an algorithm out there, an algorithm with Voices123 or Voices.com could completely cut you out of the audition process anyway. So even though you've paid for the lead, you may not actually have access to the audition. And there's a, that's a huge source of discussion in industry. So if you are a voiceover artist that's just starting out, um, you may just want to watch the conversation when it comes to free-to-play or pay-to-play sites because jumping in, unless you've had a good six months to a year under your belt – of, of really understanding how those algorithms work or the, the history behind the, the new rates, you will get smashed by some of, the, some of the artists out there that are very passionate about not watering down rates. So just a little, little piece of advice to up your quality of life as you're learning. Sure, 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 sure. And, and it's like everything in life. The, the more you try, the more reps you put in, the better you're going to get at it. But um. Oh my gosh. What was that? <laughs> I was going to say, oh my gosh, you're, you're so true. And you really, you can overcome any of these objections out there. Like you, you'll have people on both sides of the industry who are talking in your ear. You'll have someone on the one side that's saying, don't put your rates down that low. I mean, it doesn't matter if your, if your overhead is one fourth what mine is. You should be charging what I'm charging because if you charge, you know, even half of what I'm charging, then you're going to water down my rates. And then you'll have somebody on the other side of your ear that's that's saying, hey, your overhead is only one fourth of what his is. Why would you put yourself out of the running and charge <laughs> what he's charging? And it's it's really tough. Uh, I think voiceover artists are are learning to talk more to each other about this. But we're all just kind of on fairly new ground um, with with the this open communication and trying to understand what works for us, what works for each individual instead of saying, well, this is the way everybody should be, even though you're an independent contractor, I want you to follow my rules. And it's just not the way the industry works. So do you think it's kind of late to get in? Let's say, because I feel like a lot of celebrities now are starting to go like, I'm just going to do more voiceover work. It's a lot less preparation. It's a, it's more fun for them. It's a new uh, sort of craft that they can start to dig their teeth into. Is it hard for someone that's not a celebrity or has a following or an influence at all to get into it now? Yes and no. It's easier to get into it now um, just going back to the accessibility that we talked about earlier. I mean, you have access to fantastic equipment through like I'm about an hour from Sweetwater, which is a, a industry standard place to, to get your equipment for your studio or whatnot and professional grade at a, a really decent prices. Um, so it's easier because you have the access to, to get started and just learn your craft. Is it, it's also the other coin of no though, because 
even celebrities have a hard time with this. Just because they have a name and a following doesn't mean they're going to be good at it. I mean, yes, can they get a little bit of traction? Can they can they um, get the word spread about the, what they did? Absolutely. Does it make them a professional and good at it? Absolutely not. You're either you're either working hard on your craft or you're not. And if you're not working hard on your craft, then your audience is just going to talk about how terrible the job you did. It doesn't matter how big your audience is. It doesn't matter what your following is. Uh, most of them, especially in today's age, they're going to speak the truth. And if you are not a professional, it doesn't matter if you're Matthew McConaughey, if you don't work hard on your craft like Morgan Freeman, he works on his voice. He beat on his craft for years. I think what he didn't actually get around to being discovered until he was 50. So it's not too late at any point, but you do have to realize there is work involved. There is, there is a skill and, and a, um, a craft to learning how to read scripts, to learning how to keep your voice well, to keep yourself from being sick, to be able to be in a booth and speak for an hour. Logan, when was the last time you spoke for an hour straight? Nobody else talking to you, just speaking for an hour straight, no breaks. I was in a play where I did like, uh, I did like a, a 10 minute monologue and then I went into another 15 minute monologue and I don't ever think it was an hour straight, but it was close. But um, I know where you're getting at. It is It is an, an endurance. It's a callus that you have to uh, build up to. Absolutely. It's definitely an endurance thing. And if your voice isn't used to it, if you have not built the strength up or hydrated or been ca- taking the care of your voice that you should have, like a professional would, you're going to burn out. You may have one good project in you, but you couldn't work continuously. So this is, this is something it's in a, which this is something that makes this such a hard question to answer because yes, anybody could get started, but you need the tenacity and the patience to learn your craft and no, not everybody's going to be a Morgan Freeman because a lot of people give up along the way. A lot of people don't want to put in the work. A lot of people don't realize that, Hey, this is work just like anything else. But if you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like work. Like you are scratching your own itch is, is a passion project that you never get tired of. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is kind of the code to actually starting to do what you really want to do in life. And so like, if this has been something where maybe, for example, friends have said to you, Hey, like you've a really good voice or maybe you've had a lot of fun and you've gotten you've gotten like this immense amount of energy just from uh, reading out loud uh to you know your children or you're reading out loud to um just to some friends of yours and you find yourself kind of like acting and doing a pretty good job of telling the story then this might be for you like 100% and so I really, you talk about tenacity and work and stuff like that, but um, where do you find play during your day when you just need to get out? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, procrastination and, and avoidance, that's a real thing. Like once people actually start to step in the shoes of, of their so-called passion, um, they avoid it like the plague. So what's something for you to kind of like just get, get outside of your head and, and, and just play for a second, just, uh, just for, like, I don't know, like maybe 20 minutes, just so you can go back into your work or back into your office? So it's kind of twofold because I don't really have a, I mean, I have a set office, yes, but I don't spend a lot of time in my set office because I found myself uninspired. No matter how many times I change the, the visuals around me or change the quotes on my walls or the colors, I still found myself uninspired because I felt like I was sitting in a different kind of cubicle. And I don't want to be banished to some chair or someone's office, even if it was my own. So a couple of things that I found re-inspired me and helped me to keep on the path of doing those things that I loved, that I knew I had to push out back to, to clients. One is getting out and walking. And I like, I'm not a runner. I am not a runner. I refuse to run. If someone were to try to mug me and I had a choice to run away or beat the crap out of them, I would just stand there and fight because I'm not going to run. But I love to walk. <laughs> I love to walk. Like I love being outside to a certain degree, especially in the sun. If I could work on a beach somewhere, if absolute goals, by the way, is to be a beach bum 
that works from her laptop in some tiki hut down in the Caribbean. I mean, something along those lines. Because the beach, the sun, it totally inspires me. It reinvigorates me. And it, it helps me do what I need to do. The other thing is travel. I realize that doesn't fall in the 20-minute thing. But sometimes even just traveling an hour away to someone else's house, to someone else's office. And I feel... I feel re-inspired by the different surroundings, by the different human contacts, by the different food or routines that they're going through. Like those things change my perspective. They change how I look at my work and I feel like I'm looking at it completely different, which makes me want to look at it and push through and do it because I feel like I'm seeing it differently. I'm seeing it through their eyes and I love that. So cool. I love it. Um, I just wanted to ask that question just because I know exactly what it's like to finally start. Um, you know, like I, I just got done writing my first draft of my book. And uh, that is a job where all of a sudden you go, oh, I love the idea. And then you start stepping into the shoes of actually walking as a writer. And you realize that there's a lot of points during your day where you can avoid that writing and you feel bad about yourself. And the same thing goes for the other crafts, which may be voice artistry, where you can kind of do it anytime, any place, and to work from your laptop, you got to kind of set standards for yourself and and sort of um, also find that hack too, where um, you might just need a break because your work is coming out bad. Like you just need a break, and so I wanted to ask that. But I I also want to kind of pivot into like what do you think is actually getting people work like is it is it consistency that people just keep showing up or is it uh that they have a very unique voice or they're just kind with each other because I know when I was going through acting some people were just fun to work with and that's why they kept on getting hired so that is actually a piece of it you would think the obvious answer would be those who have a good voice right except that there's a lot of people who have great voices it's like the modeling industry or even the physical fitness industry. There's a lot of people with great bodies. There's a lot of people with um, great, fantastic voices. Does that mean you have the tenacity and the patience to be in business for it? No, because it is still a business. Having a great voice or having beautiful looks or a great body doesn't mean you're going to be great at marketing it. It just means you're another pretty face or another great voice in a crowd. And what sets you apart is learning the craft and learning the business of it. And that is probably the one thing you can do to stand out of a crowd and to be the one that people want to work with. One huge piece is that people want to be part of a story. Um, I don't care how busy of an employer you are. Um, I think Target is a great example of this. Target looks for those customers or employees that help them tell a story. And that's who they talk about. That's who they promote. That's who they, that's who they want to work with. The same is true with voiceover artists, any, any industry really, but I'd say voiceover artists is a great example. I mean, who doesn't love being part of Morgan Freeman's story? The man didn't even hit it big until he was in his fifties, fifties. He had technically aged out of almost every industry by, by all standards. And instead he took it. He loved what he did and he put in the patience and the tenacity to do it anyway, even though he wasn't getting accolades from anyone else, even though he wasn't getting hands up from anyone else. And he built his own world and he sold that story to people over and over again until someone bought into it and realized, I want to be part of the story. And there was his career made. And people continue to buy into that story. As a voiceover artist, as someone in any kind of business, that's what you have to do. You have to create your story. And what you're selling is not your great voice because they can find a great voice anywhere. What you're selling is yourself. You're selling the story of who you are and what you can do. You're selling the story of your work ethic, something that they can brag about to other people that they can talk about. Oh, yeah, I met Logan Tyler on this podcast by sheer accident. And then, you know, we ended up like really good friends and and you're not going to believe how this rolled into da da da. And, and before you know it, they're telling this incredible, magical sounding story about how they found their latest voiceover artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm happy that you bring up story and how important it is because I I realize there's a, a huge shift that's actually happening 
where everyone has an opportunity to be an influencer and sort of a celebrity, a mini celebrity. And that's done through the story that you're telling people on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter account, all those social medias. And even if you aren't on them very often, you're still telling a story. People still go on that. And they yeah. see, you know, hey, like so-and-so, you know, Amber Amber is saying this about the, uh, that or whatever. Um, I haven't done my research on your Facebook lately. Uh, so, <laughs> Well, there's a lot to sift through, so I don't blame you at all. <laughs> well, no. I, I tell my story probably on Facebook more than anything else. And I'm, and I'm learning to use the other platforms as well because I do realize there's different different audience on each platform but the one that I've become the most comfortable on and that I've used the most is is Facebook and so I've got about 5,000 friends on there that that um well I'd say maybe what three-fourths of those keep up and love to hear my story (laughs) but it's 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 what has taught me branding it's what taught me how to stick through my business and and beat on that craft and and just telling being completely transparent about my successes and failures is what taught me that value of of being um is what taught me that value of being part of a story and allowing people to be part of your story nice i love it i love it um, so I want to go into uh, scratching the surface curiosity questions, which are questions I had developed throughout the week where I'm like, you know what, I need to ask this question to this person. And it's all in a mission to make someone feel less alone and learn a little bit more about you. So whenever you're ready, we're going to go into that. I'm ready. Let's do this. Awesome. So the first question is a givings giving question where you might have had a thought about yourself or maybe uh, you had a thought about someone else and you were embarrassed and ashamed by having it, but you know that it's just a thought and it doesn't make you who you are at the end of the day. Oh man, I probably have a really great example of this. Um, oh, this is, wow, this is, this is a, um, this is a uh, tough question. I stabbed to the heart. Um, this was something that I actually just recently had to kind of come to terms with in honesty with myself. Um, I worked on a, I worked on casting a, a film last year, actually, just because of, of my connections. And I, and I, I love seeing talent in other people and I love connecting that talent to where it could be used. And it was so interesting because we had actually brought a crew in from LA um, because a lot of people in our area don't quite understand the intricacies of how to function on a film set or all the moving parts that help it move quickly and efficiently so you don't lose money, so you don't lose time. The hard part was that the crew from from California were – they were – they were really tough to work around. They had no reasons to be kind to us. They had no reasons to treat us well because they knew they were never going to see us again. So as a result, I had this girl who, um, she was ticked off at me probably the second day that we were there because I, um, she was belittling one of my, one of my girls. I have uh, girls that I've kind of taught to do what I do as I learn so that they can keep doing it and kind of like duplicating myself so that we're, we're all learning and, and sharing information with each other. But she had cornered one of my girls and belittled her until she cried. This is a mom of, of three kids bawling in front of a couple hundred people. <clears throat> and I just, I, I, I'm protective. I, I put so much time into this gal. I've seen how hard she's worked. I just could not stand for somebody to treat her that way. So I, I came up, you know, and I pulled that gal aside and I said, Hey, you know, I, I know you're not used to this area. I know you're not used to this market, but that's just not how we talk to each other around here. That's not how you can get what you want. Here's if you, if you are hoping to get something from her, if you're hoping, if she's not doing something right, here's how you could lead her to get it done right. Cause she's a hard worker. I'm telling you right now, she wants to do what you want. She just needs to know what it is and you're not making it clear and belittling her is not, is not getting you there faster. Like right now you're losing money because of how you're treating her. And that gal, um, was absolutely irate. She felt like I'd embarrassed her that I had stepped out of my lane and she turned to me and she said, this is personal. She used to come more words than that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but she, <laughs> the idea was that this was personal at this point, that she was going to make me quit. She was going to make me leave set. And um, she spent almost 12 hours a day for the next two weeks coming alongside me and telling me things like, you're worthless. You're too fat to be this happy. You're so slow. What are you doing here? How are you this stupid? Are you retarded? And she would just repeat things like that in different kinds of rhetoric, in different different versions of those same things over and over again. She would ask me to do something and then she'd walk alongside me and tell me I was retarded for not walking fast enough or not reading fast enough. Or it was, it was kind of surreal because I'm not one to exaggerate. And, and this was one of those things that you, you almost see in a movie. And I, and I was almost in a little bit of shock. I could see why she actually thought I was slow because I was a little bit of shock that this was actually happening. Uh, is this something you read about something you, you see happening to someone else. It's not something that actually happens to you. And I, I put up with it for almost two weeks. And when I, when it finally came to a head and, and it finally stopped and they ended up pulling her, you know, to the back to function. And I went off set to work from home on everything. Um, it took me almost a year of thinking about that and and not even even dealing with the things that she had said to um, get to the point where I actually finally told somebody what had happened. And my friend asked me, Amber, do you believe what that gal said? And something about that hit me so hard that I cried. I, I think I cried for like the next 20 minutes trying to explain to my friend that the reason I put up with that for two weeks was because I did believe it. I did. I believed that I, I could be faster. I believed that I could be more educated. I believed that I could work harder. I believed that I could be skinnier. I believed that I could do more than what I was doing and that I wasn't doing enough fast enough. And so that moment of realizing I had hung on to those words I had hung on to that feeling for a year, a year of digesting what this gal had called me and told me and running that in my real, in my mind over and over again as I justified why I needed to work harder, why I needed to push myself, why I needed to fast for a week or why things were happening to me that were out of my control just because some things are out of your control. But instead I was using these things that this gal had told me to justify pushing myself harder and justify being hard on myself. And that, that was a, um, probably a big turn in my mind to realize I don't need to pick up the kinds of things that this this girl was laying at my feet. Anybody could tell me anything like that. And because I believe it has something to do with me, I'll pick it up and I'll own it and I'll try to make it more mine or I'll try to make it, I'll try to be better than what they've laid at my feet. When really what it boiled down to is this gal, even for as skinny and as attractive as she was, she was unhappy. And she could not believe that she was in an area of people that were that had such high quality of life that it it just drove her nuts. Like she thought there had to be something wrong with us because she was struggling with things. And it wasn't anything that had to do with me. But because I am who I am, because I push so hard in life and because of where I came from background wise, I took that for myself when I should have left it with her because that's who it belonged to. It did not belong to me. It was not my burden to carry. And if I, if I had understood that back then, maybe I could have helped her shoulder that. Maybe I could have helped her carry that because she, she clearly, she wanted to give that burden to someone because she had to have been carrying that around a long time to spend that much time focusing on one person. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Wow. 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 I've never gotten an answer just like that. Um, yeah, usually people race through that question and just, uh, they have an answer of saying like, ah, you know, I saw, you know, someone at the store and I just, I didn't like how their face looked and I wanted to punch (laughs) him. 
you know, you just happen to ask me at the right time. Like I said, I, I Timing, just, yeah, yeah, I, I just faced this for the first time. So it's, that's still been fresh on my mind with, with how I deal with people and how I, how I treat myself. I'm really, really happy because I feel that even though situationally someone else didn't go through the exact same thing, but I guarantee someone is out there right now that has very, 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 very deep scars because of something they have gone through. And um, that story is something that you have the choice to not tell yourself because it's like someone that says, hey, oh my gosh, Amber, your work is amazing. I love what you say. And then another person comes up to you and goes, Amber, Amber, I hate what you say. I hate what you stand for. <laughs> Everything sucks. And both of them are both right. Guess what? Their own truth, though, is the story that they tell themselves. And so which one's more helpful for you, though? Probably the person that comes up and says, hey, Amber, I love your work and I love what you stand for. Thank you for helping my life. Thank you for being there. Um, but I want to get through, uh, unfortunately, the next question. But I know we could talk about this subject for hours. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, you're giggling like yeah. Yes, I, I already know it's coming, <laughs> and I already know how we've we spent a we spent a good amount of time. I'm so sorry for taking so long to tell these stories, but sometimes there's no there's no easy way to convey like those moments. No, well, that's why I love the podcasting space um, because it is a medium where people will take actually 40 minutes out of their day, 50 minutes out of their day to get an education, an extreme in-depth conversation and education with yourself and to really get solid information, insider information that's not about just uh, lies in order to sell you something. So I want to go into the next question, which is uh, what's a, a myth you think about voiceover that kind of angers you? Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say it angers so much as it annoys me, but the idea that the idea that voiceover work is just reading a piece of paper <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's actually really, or that it's not work. Um, probably that both of those are, are kind of annoying because I have a, I have a lot of people even now, and I'm small scale. I have a lot of people even now that ask me, Hey Amber, how do I get started in voiceover? And so I actually have a, I, I share my process with them which I'm happy to share with anybody who wants to reach out to me. Um, but I share my process with them and their next question is, Oh, how long did it take you to do that? And I know where they're going with this. They're going with this, that they did not actually think that this was more than reading from a piece of paper that someone else wrote and recording in someone else's studio and letting someone else edit it to them. They thought, Hey, this is just reading from a piece of paper. And while there's nothing wrong with believing that, absolutely, that's kind of where we all start sometimes. On the other hand, make sure that you are being respectful of other people's time. Because if um, you're not, if you are not prepared for that kind of work, then asking to get involved or asking for someone to come alongside you as a mentor when when you're not you're not willing to put in that work that's going forward oh that's a tough thing that's a really tough thing there's people that absolutely would love to come alongside and and you know whether you can hire them for inexpensively or if you're lucky you know a mentor that's just willing to kind of guide you um being respectful of their time and understanding that this is still a job it just doesn't feel like a job to us because we love what we do. It's so wonderful to have this freedom. So we're willing to trade out um, that this, the old kind of work, the old working for somebody else and on someone else's schedule for having clients possibly at all hours, learning the craft of editing, whether or not you're using DAWs versus audio editors or um, getting through the kind of equipment that you specifically need or learning the people in your industry who are doing what you love to do and following them, learning to mimic their rhetoric, learning to go to the sites that they go to and that kind of thing. It's just annoying when I share my passion with someone and their response is, oh, I didn't know it was all that work. Yeah. Well, did you think it was? It's still a job, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. I get it. I totally understand. Um, but a lot of people uh, only see the face of something, but they don't actually see uh, further than just the face of something. Just like uh, 
you know, the highlight reels on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. But um, the filtered life. Yeah, the filtered life. Ooh, that's a good. I like that. Um, so the next uh, few questions are just sort of first thing that comes to mind, real quick. Um, what's your favorite quote? My favorite quote. Um, there came a time when it was more painful to remain in the bud than it was to just blossom. I love it. Uh, favorite book? Ooh, okay. So I'm such a huge reader and I'm such a huge uh, high fantasy nerd. So um, I pr- it would have to be a series. I really love the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. Um, I love the fantasy of it and the world that he's created. I, I just think it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I also uh, fell in love with uh, The Count of Monte Cristo um, years and years ago. Uh, just because I love that story from innocence to knowledge. I really do. Obviously, I personally identify with that a lot. And uh, and so, yeah, that's hard. Man, I have so many favorites now that you ask that. Nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> First time for everything. We'll talk about it more. We'll get that list down. Um, favorite uh, podcast or TV show? Well, the obvious answer, favorite podcast is yours, Logan. Oh, uh, I mean, don't even... Uh, <laughs> and then favorite I actually don't watch TV um, but I watch uh, I do have internet obviously clearly because that's what I have to work so um, sometimes I stream things in the background while I'm working and Game of Thrones is on my list if I ever get a chance to meet anybody from that cast I would die a happy woman or even if I just get to like put a toe on set oh my goodness like you would just have to carry me out I'd be slain absolutely dead I love it um Favorite word? Passion. Least favorite sound? Oh. Least favorite sound would have to be nails on a chalkboard. I can already hear it. Oh, I don't even know why I just said that because I can already hear it in my head. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. Something else get out of my head. All right. So, anyone that's listening right now, uh, they heard what you said. They resonate with it. They're like, I want to talk more to Amber. I love what she's saying. And this is a podcast that I made where you don't just get to click on the next guest and, you know, go along your day. If this really is an itch that you need to scratch, if you're curious about it and you want to become friends with the person that was just on, please don't hesitate. Where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I mentioned that Facebook is like my big, my big kind of medium just that I personally use all the time. Uh, So you can actually reach me on um, my, it's kind of like my fan page, I guess in a while, but I just call it, I call it small town entrepreneur. It's uh, small town entrepreneur by Amber Rose. So you can reach me out there. I'm actually maxed out on my personal page. So you'll just have to, you know, if you're on Facebook, just look for a small town entrepreneur by Amber Rose. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, passion for life because I love passion. Um, just love being passionate about what I'm doing and who I am and that kind of thing. So I think, uh, I think I'm even on Snapchat, I think as passion for life as well. So feel free to reach out to me on any of those. Um, but just keep in mind, I get buried super quick because of the projects that I'm working on or I'm out in the community at an event and so it may take a second to get back to you. So don't be discouraged if it takes a minute. I have a, a lot of people that I'm actually currently working with. But um, I, th- I think that's almost better, though. You know, um, it just it just gives you time to think, you know, as you're waiting for me to get back to you, to think through some of the things that we've talked about today, Logan, and, and you know, gives whoever wants to reach out um, time to think about what their passion is, what their what their why is. And I think that's something that you had mentioned, too, was was um, and, and the time that we got to talk before this was just finding that why, like, why, why are you even doing what you're doing? Why, why, what part of your quality of life is so important to you that you're willing to turn what would be work to someone else into a passion for yourself? So. Absolutely. Um, I love how you just ended it. I would love to go longer, but I'm trying to keep these under, uh, 14 <laughs> years. So, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for anyone who's just listening to the show and by doing so supporting it um i really appreciate it and um i 
want to say a huge, huge thank you to Amber for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Honestly, she is in a, a baller. She's a superhero. Um, she will be someone to look out for more in the podcasting space. Um, so uh, thank you so much for coming on Scratch Your Own Itch, and uh, we'll we'll stay in touch, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great one. there's another episode of scratch your own itch uh thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to support the show by listening um the biggest compliment you could ever pay me is just by sharing this because honestly it doesn't take much and it feels so good when people create something and take time and when i see someone take time to create something that really just changed my day either Made me feel less alone, made me put a smile on my face, made me laugh, made me feel wiser. I always want to share it with the world because why? When I share something that resonates with me, why not share it? I mean, that's just kind of the thing that goes around and it's free. It takes no time at all other than just a click of the button, share on either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Any of those social media platforms would be great to share this. So I really appreciate it. And I want to say that um, anybody who's looking to gain authority or expertise in their area and they don't want to take another year or year and a half to write a book and wait until that's published, I think the best way is right now is to start a podcast. So if you're at all interested in starting a podcast, If you meet the certain requirements, I would love to help you with a podcast and also get a website going for you as well. And this is not an easy task. It's hard to actually get it done and get it out there. So every now and then we need some help and I'm here for you. So please reach me at Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com if you're interested at all. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.